the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. What a joy it is to welcome you today. It's Monday, and we're looking forward to a good week together right here as we gather every day in our studio here at Sword of the Lord headquarters and spend some time with an open Bible and I'm grateful for every day that you can join us. Now, today I'm in Florida at Eustis, Florida. That's about halfway between Ocala and Tampa. On a straight line between those two major cities, you'll find the city of Eustis. Maybe not quite as well known as some of the others, but it's a great area. And the Victory Baptist Church, where I was yesterday all day, will be having a special regional meeting tonight and all kinds of folks coming from all over the area there. And I trust that if you can do so, you'll plan to join us at Victory Baptist Church in Eustis, Florida tonight. That will be a blessing, and we'll look forward to seeing many of you there. So join now to open the Bible and look together at uh, God's Word after spending so much time, in fact, uh, I think about 19 days on the broadcast here with Psalm 37, we're looking today at some additional things, and this week we're going to be talking about the whole counsel of God. And I have a verse around which we will hinge all of that. It's a very special verse in Acts chapter 20 and verse 27, and I'll read it first, and then we'll tell you a little bit about the setting of it. Uh, verse 27, Acts 20 says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. All the counsel. Whatever God has said is a part of his counsel to us. It is his instruction, his teaching, his doctrine. All of those things are important for us. I was down in Florida on another trip. Oh, I don't know. It's been, I think, probably 12, maybe 15 years ago. And uh, after the service, a lady came out the door. I was shaking hands with people, greeting them as they left. And I had been making in my message that night some to do about maybe some of the things I'll say today about the doctrines that God's given us in his word. And the lady said to me, she said, well, we don't do doctrine at our church. And uh, I smiled. I was kind to her. But I said, yes, ma'am, uh, you do. I certainly believe you do. And she said, you don't even know what church I'm in. I said, no, but I do know any church is going to have some doctrine. She said, no, we don't do doctrine. And I said, well, in that case, you just told me what your doctrine is. If you don't do any doctrine, then you have a doctrine of no doctrine. And you say, well, what are you trying to say? The word doctrine just has to do with teaching. That's what it's about. It's what are you teaching? What are you telling people? And whenever we tell them the right things, then, of course, we've been looking into the Bible because that's where we get the right things. And this passage, the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian leadership, to those folks that he had gathered in from Ephesus to give them some instruction about how to lead their church, he said to them, you know what's happened here over the years? And he recites his own track record with them, how that he had not held anything back, but he had literally just given them great detailed instructions about things. And he said to them here in this passage, he said, it's on the record. I'm telling you, he said, I'm pure from the blood of all men. Now, why would he say that? Well, it's because he had been faithful to tell them the things, multiple things, many things that they needed to hear. 
It's the joy that I have every day to have the privilege of this microphone at least five days a week and uh, to have pulpits offered to me where I can go and preach uh, week after week in places and listen every single time that I take the microphone. Every time that I stand in front of an audience, whether it's an audience face to face or whether it's on the air like this, listen, I am intent on giving out every fragment of truth that I can lay my hands on. Why is that? Because I think every one of us need that. We need not just smidgens of truth, but we need the entire spectrum of truth. We need everything that the Lord has to offer. We need to learn it. We need to get it ingested into the depths of our being. We need to get hold of it in such a way that it's familiar to us and that it's really like second nature to us. And whenever I read this verse, number 27, where he says, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. That means he's unhesitating about that. That means he's not embarrassed about giving out the whole counsel of God. That means he is unintimidated about giving out the whole counsel of God. Now, here's where we are in America, and those of you that listen to me from outside the USA, I'm guessing that in many of your areas that uh, you would find this to be true as well. There are people, and some of them religious people, some of them Christian people, but they only want a little bit of things. They want a little dab because uh, it's just all that they think they can handle or it's all that they're willing to sign on to. So they don't want to hear all of these other issues. Well, the Apostle Paul warns in this passage when he's talking to the Ephesian leadership, he warns them after this 27th verse that there are going to be people show up who are going to try to influence them to head down trails, doctrinally, head down trails on what they believe, what they teach, and what they do as a church. They're going to try to take them to do things that ought not to be a part of the church. Now, have we seen this? Oh, yeah, we have seen it. I mean, in our lifetime, we have seen it in our places. We have seen it in our churches over and over again. And let me show you how you laid this out. In verse 28, he says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock. Talking about the entire church. He said, We want everybody to be in on this. And he said, The Holy Ghost has made you overseers, and it's your job to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. That is, God's made a great investment. He has purchased the salvation of all of these folks. And it's therefore his responsibility now to nurture them. And the Apostle Paul is telling the leadership of the Ephesian church that they need to pay big attention here because they have that responsibility. God has entrusted them to lead the church and to take the church where it needs to go. Now, verse 29, here comes the warning. He said, I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. You know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, too many Christians are afraid to call a skunk a skunk. They're afraid to identify a polecat as a polecat. They're afraid to look at a wolf and say, that's a wolf. Instead, they want to just believe that everybody's good and everybody's up to good things, and they're not willing to look the evil things in the eye and say, that's not where we're going. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. We're not going to do that. You know, I often, when I was pastor, as I was for many years before I came to the sword of the Lord, I sometimes would say to our people, 
Now, you can go other places and hear things that will soothe you, and uh, it'll be less than the truth, but uh, you'll leave feeling good. But every once in a while, you're going to get uncomfortable here because I will be eventually looking at every page of Scripture, and whatever it tells us, we're going to look at it in detail, and we're going to be sure that we get it applied to where we live, what we do, and just make a big to-do about that. And I would say to our folks, I don't mean to uh, in any way shake you up except to say that uh, if the truth shakes you up, then uh, be shaken up because we all need to embrace what God has told us. And the reason being, if there's a wolf in the yard and a wolf on your porch, a wolf standing in the door of your home, I think it'd be a good idea if you said to your family, uh, we've got a wolf on the doorstep. I don't think you should look at it the same way you look at a house cat. I don't think you ought to look at it and just say, well, come on in. Everything will be fine. We'll feed you and take care of you. I think you need to be careful. I'm telling you, sometimes people treat wolves and rattlesnakes and other things like that with uh, just uh, such uh, carelessness that I can't imagine that they're even thinking straight. I noticed a piece of video popped up on my news feed on my computer uh, last week. Uh, some guy who makes a living helping people when they find snakes in the yard or snakes in their house or whatever. And uh, this family had two big old rattlesnakes in their yard. And this guy, I'm telling you what, I mean, it was like, I mean, he just reached and got the thing by the tail and he had a stick that he was kind of controlling the head of the snake with. And he knew what he was doing. Obviously, he knew what he was doing. But I'm guaranteeing you, if that guy hasn't been bitten already, he will be one of these days. It's happened over and over again to those guys, and some of them have paid with their life just because they get so familiar and so careless and so unsure of uh, what's going on. I mean, they think they've got everything nailed down, and then they get bit. And the Bible says here that grievous wolves will be approaching the church. And we need to be prepared to deal with that. So that's why in verse 30, he says, Of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. That means that there are going to be people even inside the church who are going to get sideways doctrinally. They're going to get sideways in terms of who they are, what they're about, and what they want to do. And they will selfishly do whatever they can do to get some of the folks to go with them, follow them. They may be dead wrong. They may be so far off the trail that it's not even funny. But at the same time, they're going to do what they do. In fact, this passage says they'll be speaking perverse things. Now, that word perverse well, you know, we have another word like it, same word, pervert, and uh, we think of that sometimes in terms of sexual deviancy, but at the same time, it's used here in reference to spiritual things. Some people become spiritual perverts. They become so off the rails, so off track, so wrong that they do not need to be looked at in the kind of terms that would be friendly terms. Instead, they need to be identified as the wolves that they are, as the spiritual perverts that they are. And then he says in verse 31, Therefore watch. And he said, You remember how that for three solid years I did not cease to warn every one of you night and day with tears. That is, with tears, yes, compassionately. Now, here we are. This is all built around this idea that we have something more than just the gospel. 
we have many things that we ought to learn. That's why the Bible talks about the whole counsel of God, all the counsel of God. So let's fast forward to today. Here we are with the Apostle Paul looking at the Ephesian leadership, and he's doing that to get them prepared to be great leaders of this church. And at the same time, when you and I step forward to today, we find that there are people who, uh, well, it's like, uh, you know, the gospel is all that matters. Well, the gospel does matter. I'm telling you, it matters and it matters a lot. And you and I need to major on the gospel. We need to get in the gospel giving business. We need to keep telling people how that Jesus died on the cross, he arose from the grave, he paid our sin debt, and he purchased salvation for us. And everybody who's willing to trust him and call upon him for it, he will indeed save them. Every single one, nobody excluded, everybody who comes to the Lord in the way that he defines that they ought to come, he will save them. Nobody is left out. Everybody has the offer. And it's simply a matter of us coming to him and believing what he's told us to believe. And when we do, we indeed will be forgiven, we'll be saved, we'll have a home in heaven one day. So it does matter. Yes, the gospel matters. There are other people who say, well, you know, some of the doctrines of the Bible, there are some things that just don't really matter all that much. And they try to set things aside that they don't want to deal with. Now, I'm going to pick up here tomorrow because I've got a good number of other things I want to tell you about this. But here we are looking at what? The whole counsel of God. Everything the Bible tells us. I mean, you cannot open the Bible to the wrong page. Every page has something for us, and we need to be sure that we don't get careless and decide that some of these things don't matter because I think based on the verse we're looking at here today, they do matter, and they matter a lot. Well, it's certainly a delight to have you with us every day, and I'm always glad to hear from folks. So I hope you'll sit down real soon, write me a note, email it to me or whatever, and I'll be glad to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, and the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. Thank you.